Hi there. Welcome back to The Simple Truth with Kent and Karen. Yeah, today we are going to dig in to discipleship and what that means for us as believers and the church. Not sure if you've even thought of this, but we've wrestled a little bit with the idea of what is a disciple? What does mm. discipleship mean? Mm-hmm. Although it's a familiar word, so often uh, we can use familiar words and not understand them. And for us, there's a little bit of a backstory. When we started out in ministry, we were actually made the discipleship mm-hmm. pastor of a church and had to figure out what well, what do people need to be discipled? Wow. How do you make disciples? And it was kind of a little bit of a, not a shock, but it was a really intense growing time for yeah. us. Yeah, and, and I think to make disciples, you have to become one and understand it at a, at a deeper level. And so that was really a part of our journey, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And and so for many of us, we're familiar in the church with kind of some of the, the big scriptures. One would be the Great Commission, which is when Jesus is leaving earth, he says to the disciples in uh, Matthew 28, he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. So if, if you didn't know, this is kind of one of the, the it's the big, we call it the Great Commission. It's it's the big mandate mm-hmm. for the church and what the church is all about. Mm-hmm. So. so when he calls Peter, James, and John to follow, they really just begin, don't they? By following him That's and right. learning from him. That's right. So they didn't start out as disciples. Yeah. They started out as followers. And, and the thing of it is, too, is that they would have had to, in order to follow him, they would have had to leave elements of their old life to do absolutely. this absolutely it's, it's very true and and you know so often it says in the scriptures what they they left their nets and they followed wow. him or they left their friends and followed him and, yeah. and their families too A- absolutely it's interesting by the time though like they start out just as followers and there's yes. times along the way where jesus is saying you still don't get it do you uh, and they yeah. didn't they didn't get it it's they so kept true. following him but they didn't understand it's so true yeah so true and you know i'm sure there were a lot of other people there who were in the midst of these disciples uh other people who were watching but they didn't necessarily follow did they it's very true it's very true not all who began to follow can continue to follow right so but by the time he's getting ready to die, they're no longer just followers. Mm. He's using a different term. He's now calling them friends. I love this transition. Do you? Can we read out of John 15? I think so. Okay, so John 15 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command, and I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give to you. This is my command, love each other. So it's interesting because they've moved now mm. from followers to friends. I love and, that. And yet even when he he dies, mm. so many of them abandon him. Yeah. It's not until he comes back and draws them all, you know, re- when he's resurrected from the dead, that he draws them to himself again. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that season, mm. which was only, as we know, a few few weeks, that he gives them the Great Commission. So there's this transition yeah. from yeah. follower to discipleship. Wow. And there's different degrees of believing and unbelieving in the middle. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I think we could call it the process of discipleship and not that they arrived, mm. but there was a point where they reached, uh, I guess they reached the point where Jesus 
was now uh, recognizing their affection for him, mm. not just his affection for them. Mm-hmm. And we also know that that part of that affection, part of that love was that he was laying down his life in a sacrificial way. And in John ten eleven says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so we know that he ultimately did that with his own body, but he mm-hmm. was laying down himself in this three-year journey that he had with them in all sorts of different ways. It's true. And I think the thing we forget about, because the term laying down your life is a term that's used around the body of Christ fairly frequently, but I think we can almost forget that it's about love. Right. You, you don't just lay down your life for no reason. You, you lay down your life because you're you're putting somebody else's life ahead of your own. Right. You're putting some something else is more important for your life. Mm. You're not just saying, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to die today or I'm going to give up my choices today." Mm. It's actually no, because I love it's about loving someone, mm. whether it's in the context of your marriage and you sacrifice for your spouse or in this context loving God and sacrificing for mm-hmm. him. So he was really leading everything here. Absolutely. And uh, it was a model that they hadn't seen before. And so I'm sure it would have been really um, confusing. Uh, it would have been really exciting to be in the midst of all that. And they were probably just so much coming at them, learning and transitioning from what they knew to what Jesus Christ was was teaching them at that time. It was probably quite a, uh, a steep not a steep learning curve. That's an understatement. It yeah. would have just been this life reno on steroids, you yeah. know, really something. So Jesus says to them, uh, at one point they ask, it's actually one of the teachers of the law who says, what's the greatest commandment? So we just mm-hmm. talked about the great commission, now mm-hmm. the great commandment. And Jesus responds to this. Of all the commandments, and bear in mind, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, Mm. they stacked commandments upon commandments and laws upon laws. They had over 360 laws of what you could do on the Sabbath. That's exhausting. That's right. So they're (laughs) like, it's just like, it's beyond a rule book. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the thing that got Jesus upset was it was so many rules that people were stuck. Well, and they were missing the heart of it all. Well, and that's exactly it. So when they, when they he answers the question, he says to them, this is in Matthew 22, verse 36, love the Lord your God is his answer to the most important command. Hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Some have summarized this with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind is, is body, soul, and spirit. Hmm. But the first and greatest commandment, he says, and then he goes on to say in verse 39, and the second is like it, love the na- your neighbor as you love yourself, and all the law and the prophets hang on these commands. So wait a minute. Hmm. All the law and all the prophets, we're talking about uh, a number of books of the Bible and, and, and uh, you know definitely the first five at this point, including Isaiah and some of the other books. And he's saying the point of all of these laws, and even Leviticus, hmm. is loving God first. Hmm. It's it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. There was one day actually um, when I think it's in John chapter 6 where Jesus, um, what had just happened? He had just fed the 5,000. And that night after he left them, he walks on water, shows himself to the disciples. They arrive at the other side of the lake. And the next day, that that day rather, 
the crowd that he had just fed, they go around the end of the lake and they mm. find him again and they start asking him for a sign. Mm -hmm. And he says, they say to him, what sign will you give us that we may see it and believe you? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness as it's written and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So bear in mind, this is the group of people mm. that he's just fed. This is the 5,000. This is the 5,000. And they've just had a free meal the day before. <laughs> they've come the next day for another free meal. Wow. And it's interesting what Jesus says to them, because this time he says, unless you eat my flesh or eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So this is interesting because what he says is true. Mm -hmm. But now what he says is hard. Right. So he's transitioned from the flesh to the heart. It, well, yes. And it's, but it's difficult for them to hear. Mm because he knows their motives. They're not there to love him. They're not even there to follow him. They're there for a free meal. Hmm. And it's quite interesting. And so what ends up happening, if you read through that part of John chapter six, it, a number of the people uh, leave and they get upset with him, obviously. And, and yet he is, he's telling the truth, but he's telling it in a way that separates from those that want a free meal and those that are really interested in loving him. Hmm. And the conversation comes to kind of a wrap-up, as John tells it, when after many have left and the disciples are saying, Phew, this is tough stuff. Hmm. And he said, do you want to leave too? This is Jesus hmm. now talking to the twelve. Mm -hmm. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, in case you don't mm. catch the, 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 the heart of that, Peter's saying, Lord, we don't have someone else to go to, and we don't want to go to someone else. I love the fact that they kind of had a choice in that, though, and they were wrestling through, uh, probably to just the effect of the crowd and watching people leave and not understand, and, uh, and yet making that choice to stick it in and to t basically say, no, like we want to stay with you, Jesus. It's so true, and I think Peter's answer really tells us that they are, they're in the process of becoming disciples at that moment mm. because rather than run when it gets tough, they, they, mm. they hang around because they know who he is by this point. So that is discipleship right there, that, just that wrestle exactly. right there. Disciples don't run when it gets tough. Mm. They hold on tight and they press in. Mm. And, and you know, the more you follow Jesus to the point that your love for him grows, mm. you will actually find that you don't have an adequate plan B mm. or that you don't have another place to run. That's quite a call to the church. And I think that's really relevant when you think about the tough things in the word of God, the tough things, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. Now we're talking about Jesus's life here on earth and the, these wrestles that we have. Are you, are you um, indicating that this is something that that, that touches our heart, that transforms our heart? Is this where the transformation process begins sometime in the wrestles? Absolutely. And, and you know, when Jesus is inviting them into, you know, eat his, eat his body and eat his blood, mm. it, was, it was metaphorical because he doesn't actually right. ask us to eat blood. But it, but it was very significant because he's talking about partaking in his death. He's talking mm. about laying down our lives like him yeah. out of love for him but also out of the the um i guess following his example yeah and so the 
the hard thing is that there are times where as in the discipleship journey, Jesus comes and he asks us to give up something. Yep. He asks us in a sense to die or to come to a place of dying over an issue. Mm. And most often when we start out, we're worried about what we're going to lose, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, For it, sure. Is he going to be good? Is he going to yeah. take away all the fun? Is he going to take away yeah. all the joy? Is he going to take away the whatever? Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe at that point, we haven't learned to trust him yet. We haven't learned yet that he is good, that he is faithful, that he is long-suffering, that he's patient and kind and, and all these things that we may have heard about. Um, in the body of Christ. Those are terms, you know, out of scripture that we fling around. But um, to know that he actually wants to walk with us and have this intimate relationship. And so, yes, there is definitely a wrestle. Right. And I think that that intimate relationship you're talking about, it's important to remember, it's it's not a performance. Right. It's, it's a follow. He leads, we follow. Right. And yet we follow to the point where a love for him mm. grows and grows and grows in our hearts mm. to the extent that he becomes most important. Right. And and you were talking about the Pharisees who had all these rules. How many rules did you say that they had? They had over 360, I believe, for just for Sunday. Or, oh. sorry, Saturday. Okay, so Sabbath. I'm already tired by I know. that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm exhausted. And I think about that in comparison to the invitation to follow. Like... It's very different. Yeah, it's completely who wants to follow 360 rules, right? Just for one day, just to make sure that you're okay with God. And uh, I love that 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 invitation, that transition that he's saying, I don't want you to just remain as slaves, um, but I want you to be my friends. And I'm like, wow, that is intimate. You know, I remember a, a time where we talked about this actually at a marriage event, and we were we were saying as a couple, when you when you give up something for the other person, mm-hmm. You know, if you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I fell in love and I don't get to do this and I don't get to golf and I don't get to go to my favorite place with guys. I can't (laughs) do this and I can't. It's like it gets so sad and depressing after Mm -hmm. a while. But when you say, but my heart has been so captivated by Mm -hmm. love for this person Mm -hmm. and I want to grow in love with them Mm -hmm. that I may have given up all those other things. Mm But it's not about what I gave up. It's about who I have. Right. And who I'm moving towards. Yes. It's that's much more exciting. Mm-hmm. And you hear about the 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 passion and and in in the relationship, not just the sacrifice of you know, the self pity, I guess, of all right. the Right. Or the losses. The losses. Yeah. There's a difference Woe between right, the losses and then the sacrifice. When we choose to 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 have a loss, but because we're sacrificing out of love, it's very different than resenting all the losses that we have to do. That's law versus relationship. That's, right. that's oh, this is the right thing I should be doing to be in relationship as opposed to, no, there's an invitation to lay down my own needs. It's profoundly different, isn't it? And it's a, quite exciting. This is a, why we love discipleship. We love um, watching the transformation of people's lives when they allow Christ to do things in them that they're not normally uh, inside of a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very exciting to watch. It's very exciting to be part of. And, and we believe that this is really the, the, the call to the church. It, it really is. So what we're trying to just remember today is that the, the heart of discipleship is not a bunch of rules. Uh, the heart of discipleship is not a performance for Jesus, so he's happy with you. Hmm. The heart of discipleship is is not even a social club. 
or all of the programs and activities are as important as they can be to, to really minister to people. The heart of discipleship is about loving God. And the any sacrifice that's involved, it's not measured as simple, I gave up this and this. The sacrifice is only part of it because you're giving up one thing to have the best thing. If you're struggling today with remembering what the, the heart of discipleship is about, about you know, God's call on your life and, and what he's called you to do because he's invited all of us to be part of making disciples. We're not just trying to make churchgoers, believers, or um, build up a program or even a ministry for that matter. We're trying to help people experience the love of God and love them in return. This is the heart of discipleship. And our prayer for you today is that that clarity would cut through some of the other stuff that might have clouded your vision or uh, complicated what following Jesus looks like. It's a work that he does in each of us. And we just want to remind you of that statement we made earlier. Disciples don't run when it gets tough. They hold on tight and they press in because they don't have a plan B. Thank you for joining this episode of The Simple Truth. Visit LLCanadaCourses.com for more information about LL Canada and the resources we offer.